we hope will bless you. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I know a lot of people are traveling and they're visiting different places and loved ones, but if you have served our country in any way, in, uh, in, in, in any fashion in your life, and you want people to know it, hopefully you do, we want to recognize you this morning. Would you please stand this morning? If you served your country, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Praise the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for your service. Now, every person that stand, take them out to lunch. That's how this, well, I would. <laughs> yeah, amen. So, hey, just want to uh, very quickly just kind of bring you uh, into a little bit of what your church is going through right now. Uh, this is definitely a little bit of a valley for our church right now. There are, there are many things going on. I'm not going to go into all the details, but I want you to be prayerful. This isn't, uh, the details aren't as important as your prayers and your possible encouragements, okay? And, and so, uh, unfortunately, on Friday uh, night at some time while Miss uh, Violet Hupp was sleeping, she passed away and she went home to be with the Lord. And so, uh, Kevin and Stacy were on a trip to North Carolina and on their way uh, up there, they got this information. So they've turned around and come back very quickly. And uh, they are, they've, they've come home about 3 a.m. This, this morning. Uh, so we're going to need all hands on deck because last week, uh, unfortunately, uh, many of you know Miss Teresa Walters, lovely lady uh, in the Lord. She lost her nephew, Dustin. And uh, so we're doing a funeral dinner uh, in honor of his life to bless the Shively family here at the church on Wednesday. And so many of you are bringing food for that, but we're probably going to need all hands on deck to help us also uh, with this recent loss in the Hupp family and our family, our church family. And uh, so uh, how can you do that? First off, I know you're all going to want to rush to reach out to them, but they're sleeping, okay? They're, they're sleeping. So give them a little time, give them a day. But we'll send out an email with more information on how you can do that. But cards in the mail are great too. Find ways to just be an encouragement. Amen? Amen. Amen. And there are some others that have gone through some things. We're going to let them tell you that, okay, when it's an appropriate time. And then you can be encouraging to them as well. I uh, want to give you an update on, on Tom Rudder. He, uh, he is still in the hospital, the University of Tennessee. He remains there. Uh, we'll be going to see uh, Miss Margaret uh, again this afternoon after service and be praying there with her. Again, we need prayers and, and encouragement. Amen? Amen. I just want to remind you that um, whenever there's a setback, it's a setup for God to do something by His mighty power. So, so understand that this, this world and this life isn't the point. The point is eternity, it's heaven, and it's the kingdom of God and His plans. And his plans are always to prosper us, okay? And I want to remind you of that today. I want to read something that Stacy Hupp wrote, and I, I, I think this is really written to the church. She wrote this on behalf of her husband and uh, her mother-in-law, we call mother-in-love. It says, thank you guys so much for your prayers, love, and support. We need it more now than ever at this moment. We know that God is in control, and she got her healing. And she got to look upon the face of Jesus and hear, well done, my faithful servant. 
The heartache and pain hasn't had time to set in, but we know it's coming. I pray that God wraps his arms around my husband because it's going to hit him pretty hard because they were close. My heart is hurting, and I know it's so much more for Kevin and his sister. So I thought maybe we could pray for them right now, if that would be all right. Let's go ahead and do that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Kevin to you. We ask that God, the peace that passes all understanding, that is promised by your son, Jesus Christ, would now be his. That God, that you would comfort him in this moment. We thank you that God, Miss Violet, had one more Mother's Day together with her family and her son. We thank, we thank you, God, that now her heart is healed. That God, that she's dancing the streets of gold. And that God, she is in a place of joy. But God, we lift up Kevin. We lift up Stacy, Kevin's sister. We ask in the name of Jesus that they would have the mind of Christ. That you would fill the void with your love. And that God, that you would carry them through this time. And God, show us what to do as a congregation as well. As we endeavor God to be your hands and feet in their life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, would you turn your Bibles this morning to Numbers chapter 22, verse 21? I think we're going to uh, break this message into two parts. Uh, so come back next week if you want to get a hold of the rest. Two parts to this message. We want to talk about uh, not kicking your own donkey. And uh, maybe you're here this morning and you've kicked your own donkey a few times. Uh, some of you already got another word in your head. I'm not using that word. On purpose. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the donkeys in your life that God gives you. What are donkeys that God gives you? They're not what you think. The donkeys in your life that God gives you, not the enemy, are what God allows you to have to get you to your destination. I want you to see the connection here. Donkeys, destination. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. That plan and that purpose is bigger than you. It's bigger than where you come from. It's bigger than where you are right now. And it's so big, someone will need to get you there. There will be people along the way that will get you there. But let me just encourage you to know this morning that if your donkey stops, don't beat it. If your donkey, listen, if your donkey pauses, if your donkey lays down, that's not the time to start kicking your donkey. It's not the time to start whipping what God has provided you with. Now, I know you're going to feel like it, I know you're going to want to discard it, walk away from it. Be why? Because quite simply, we live in a throwaway culture. When something stops serving what we think is our immediate need, we want to throw it away. We live in a drive through culture where relationships are just for the moment, just to carry us to that place of the next elation. And if we don't feel that elation anymore, we discard the relationship. I want to tell you that God doesn't work that way. God sets up things in your life for the purpose and destiny He is bringing you to. And He, in His allowance, will bring you something to get you there. But that something won't always do what you want, like your spouse. Your spouse is a donkey. Yes, I said that. Your spouse is a donkey. There will be times your spouse won't do everything you want them to do. Like your pastor, he's a donkey. Yes, I said that. There'll be times your pastor will not do everything you expect. And in that moment, you might be uh, tempted, you might be even deceived to begin to think that your job, your boss, maybe your neighborhood, maybe 
the relationship you have with your wife or even your church needs to, needs to hear something from you. You're going to want to kick it. You're going to want to beat it. You're going to want to tell it off. And I want to remind you of something. Sometimes your donkeys can see things you can't. Sometimes the donkey that God has given you has a revelation that is bigger than yours. And you think you see it all when God says, I've called you to a purpose, but right now you ain't getting it. So just because you think your gifting is all that in a bag of chips, let me tell you, I'll get the work done, but I'll do it through a donkey instead of you. I want to I show you in this story, it's very important that you see. This donkey seen something <laughs> that Nahum did not see. This donkey heard something that Nahum did not hear. This, this donkey spoke something that Nahum should have been spoken. He was supposed to be the prophet, the speaker for God. In reality, he was speaking lies. And the truth of the matter is, God needed a donkey to tell the truth. I don't know how you judge your donkeys in your life this morning, but I want to tell you, they see things, they hear things, and they're saying things, and many times, they're true. And the person that beats their donkey is the real donkey. Numbers chapter 22, verse 21. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, went to the princes of Moab. Where's Moab? It's just on the other side of the, of the Dead Sea. It is an area today called Jordan. Been through that area. It is a, it is a very dry, a dry, vile, desolate place. Not, not a lot of anything grows there. I want, you, I want you to know this area had a king at the time, Anak. And this king, in this moment, was looking at the children of Israel on the move. Now, next week, I'll, I'll kind of reveal to you, there's a little bit more. There's the story of the cross in here, and there's the story of Jesus and you'll hear about that next week. So guess when, you, guess when you get to hear about that? When you come back. Okay? So, but anyway, there is, this, there is this dry, desolate place. And the children of Israel on the move, they're about four million strong. Some scholars say two. Doesn't matter. How many is a million? That's a lot of people, man. Especially when they're eating. And especially when they got cattle. They're moving through this area. How many of you know this king is starting to get a little upset? He's getting upset. He's wondering, what are we going to do with this mass crowd of people that are coming through. They could conquer us. They could, they could uh, run us over, man. And so I want you to see, it says, but God was very angry when he went and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, notice Balaam did not see the angel of the Lord. The donkey did. Standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. Now, as a female donkey, how about that? Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Mm. Then the angel of the Lord, second time, stood in the narrow path between the two vineyards with the walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. Can I just say that if, uh, if God allows circumstances to crush your foot, better your foot than your whole body in hell? Can I just say that maybe what you're going through right now isn't a big a deal as eternity? So he beat her again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in the narrow place where there was no room to turn. This is the third time, man. And he was angry and beat her with his staff. And the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and she said to Balaam, watch this. 
What have you done to make, what have I done to make you beat me these three times? Mm. Balaam answered the donkey. I, I wonder if we just take a pause right there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we got to stop the, stop the car, pump the brakes, man. <laughs> Hold up, Balaam. You don't need any of the gold or silver that king's offering you because, can I, can I just say you got a talking donkey now? I mean, let's go to Vegas. We got a whole entire show. I mean, <laughs> this is interesting. And so it's, instead of going, well, this is, this is different. I mean, there hasn't been an animal that spoke in the Bible since the garden. All right? So this is something different. And what does he do in this situation? He talks back to it. He starts yelling back to it. Hey, listen, have you ever screamed at something that talked to you? The donkey talked to him, but he was yelling and beating it back. Can I just ask you a question? Could it, could, it, could it just be that what you're screaming and yelling at is exactly what's saving your life? That little donkey, that little she donkey, I don't know what they call a she donkey, I'm not a farmer, okay? But little, huh? Oh, okay. Oh, okay, cool, cool. It, not, not a human name. But, but anyway, so this donkey was saving his life. And in that moment, we see something really, really cool. We see that it's actually God standing in his way. I, I, don't know, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation before where what was actually hindering you, you realized later, was God. Can, can I just preach and teach this morning that, listen, we've heard too many messages that God is doing what you want. We've heard too many messages that says God is all about you. And let me tell you, a man-centered message is not biblical. A God-centered message is biblical. God doesn't exist for your glory, and he certainly doesn't exist for your pleasure. You and I exist for his. And in this moment, God was saying no. Can God say no? Let me give you a, let me give you a different translation on the word, because we don't care for no. How about this word? Stop. Stop. Do you beat your donkey when it says stop? Let me tell you what it would look like. Maybe it's a medical issue where you've been working like crazy. You've got an idea. You're going to pay your house off. That's not bad. That's good. You've got another idea. You're going to save up for another house. That's not bad. That's good. Maybe it's a vacation home or you're doing something else. And then God says, you know what? You need to stop and you don't listen to God. And then your body, your donkey says, stop. And in that moment, you start beating yourself up. Come on, church. You start beating yourself up and you start saying, why can't I do what I set out to do? And God says, that's not what I told you to do. I didn't tell you to do. I didn't tell you to do that. So I'm saying stop. And we just don't know when to hear when. Say when. That's one of my favorite movies. Anyway, ah, speaking of some of my favorite movies, I was quoting Tombstone there. Uh, let, me, let me quote another dandy. All right. Little dandy came out by DreamWorks years ago where there's another talking donkey that gives the counsel and direction to a man by the name of Shrek. <laughs> the star of the movie, the wise person in the movie, is not Shrek. It's Donkey. Long before DreamWorks came up with this idea, God was working out this idea in Scripture. My two favorite moments of that movie has nothing to do with my notes. You don't care, but I do. 
Here it is. I love this. Shrek, in the morning, we're making waffles. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of donkey I want talking to me. Right? And then later, when Shrek says some pretty mean things, he says, oh, that cussed me deep, Shrek. That cussed me deep, Shrek. Right? I love that. There's a, there's, a, there's a story played out in that. Here's this big ogre that's got all this power. It's supposed to all be about him, but he'll never make it to the place he's supposed to unless he listens to the donkey. And we think the lowly donkey is something to be disregarded. And yet my Lord Jesus Christ, when he was born, rode a donkey into Jerusalem and Bethlehem. And then my Lord Jesus Christ, on the way to the cross, rode a donkey... Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Should have been a white horse, should have been a carriage. He's saying to the world, the point is, you must be meek, you must be lowly, you must be humble to get to the destination that God wants for you. God's destination for you is not the way the world thinks it is. In fact, let me just tell you right now, if any man loves the world, the love of God is not in him. Everything that is of the world, all of these things that are telling us this is what success is and how to be, is not God's plan for you. Does God want you blessed? Yes. Does he want you in good health? Yes. Does he want you to have great relationships? Yes. Listen to the donkeys. Listen to the donkeys that he gives you. In this case... The donkey was a female. And I wonder how many males this morning <laughs> want to jump on that until they realize the female donkey was smarter than the prophet. Listen to your donkeys. Listen to your donkeys. All right. So let's dive right in. I want to talk to you a little bit about what was the motivation behind Balaam. And then we'll start to wrap things up. Numbers chapter 22, verse 18, it says, And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond what the word of Jehovah my God to do less or to do more. What was, what was Balaam saying? Balaam was saying is, I want your gold, I want your silver, but I can't go any farther than what God's word will let me go. And, and, and if, you, if you go for a walk every day, maybe you do it on the weekends, maybe, maybe you go for a little jog, there's one here, uh, right here locally, right around the corner, and I'm not going to say exactly where because some of you drive there, but right around the corner when you get to Main Street and you go right past Archie's, okay, <laughs> there's a little dog. That little dog's out there to greet me whenever I'm walking or I'm jumping. And I want to tell you, that little dog thinks he's bigger than me, right? And every time I go past that little dog, he goes after me, hard. I mean, full passion, full bore, you know now the first couple times i went past i got earbuds in i go by that little dog and i'm like i'm i thought i was gonna die okay i thought that little dog was gonna kill me and and, and eat me right then i realized it's just a little dog it's, it, you know it's not it's, it's just a little dog right wouldn't matter if it was a big dog or a little dog as long as it's got a chain right and this one had a chain and what it does is the same thing it does the same thing every single time i go past it I'll go running past, roo, 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 and that dog will go, roo, 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 uh, right? And the body will be all the way out here, neck and head straight out, and the collar is stretched to the limit, the chain is stretched to the limit. 
And then I start laughing every time because I know, I know the distance that chain will go. And somehow every day that dog forgets it. And it's fun for me. Now I look forward to seeing him because I know he's got a limit. Do you know you got a limit? You're not going, you're not going any farther than the word of God in your life. You're not going any farther. You can bark and complain all you want. You can be a dog about it. You get upset. You can scream and holler and yell. You can even chase pastor down if you want. But you're not going any farther than that chain. And that's what Balaam was saying. He says, listen, you guys want me to do some stuff and I want to do it for you. I'd really like to have your gold and your silver. But guess what, everybody? I can't go any farther than my chain. Have you ever seen your life that way? Some of you are jerking your own chain. You're jerking your own chain. You think that you can't go farther, and so you jerk on it. And then God pulls you back, right? And you get jerked back a little bit, and now you're mad at God. You know why people get mad at God? Because they tried to go farther than his word. Hello? And then when God pulls them back out of his love and grace and mercy, they're upset. They're mad. You know, God, you're supposed to come along with me and bless what I do. I'm not supposed to do what you blessed. And oh my, there's a big difference. We're just like that foolish dog. Can I, can I just tell you, Jeremiah uh, chapter 1, verse 12, it says, The Lord says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. God not only spoke his word, he's watching the length of his word. And he's saying, you're not going any farther. It, maybe, maybe the greatest thing we could ever do is in the midst of pauses and stops, is just go, okay, God, that's the limit for today. That's okay, God. That's, that, the pause is good. You, you, ever, you ever drive on a road and say to yourself, there's way too many stop signs on this road? Just me, right? There's a couple roads in Finley that every single block has a stop sign. And then I say to myself, how quickly can I get off this road? I don't want to be on a road with this many stop signs. But for every one of those blocks, either something has happened or there was a condition that required someone to stop. Now, if you want to go a little bit faster, you just get on a different road. But those have limits too. And we don't like limits because we want to fast God. We don't want a crockpot God. We want a microwave God. I want it now. And then when I'm done with it, I want to throw it away. And God says, I'm whipping up something bigger than you could ever imagine for your own life. It's going to take some time. And it's going to take some stops. You know what you do at a stop sign, right? You know what you do at a stop sign? Well, they taught you when you were kids. Yeah. You stop. You look. You listen. And you look both ways. Then you can go. Can I, can I just help you out this morning? This will this, this blow you away. This is probably the greatest revelation I've ever shared with this church. You ready for this? Stop don't mean it's the end. Stop just says, pause here. Then go. Whatever stop signs in your life, some of you got a tiny little one. Some of you got a big stop sign right now. And it's disappointing. It's hurtful. Sometimes it can even be a little bit uh, disparaging where you're in the middle of that being discouraged and saying, God, you pumped the brakes on me. I can't do any of the things I planned for this year. And God says, it's okay. It's not the end. It's just a pause. I got better for you. I'm not, telling you, I'm not telling you to pull over and park it. You're just going to stop. You're just going to stop for a moment. 
I'm a better God than you realize, says the Lord. I'm a good God. I'm not stopping you for no reason. I know what's ahead. Can I, can, I, can I just say in those moments, the best thing you could do is get off your donkey. Quit riding your donkey. Quit riding your health. Quit riding your spouse. Quit riding and bawling out your kids. Quit riding me, because I'm sick of it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're good. Quit riding. Get off your donkey and look for an angel. An angel's there somewhere. And it's speaking to you. What is an angel? The messenger of the Lord. God has a message for you. And God knows that if you keep riding in that direction, you'll be destroyed. So quit it. Ease up. Chill out. Wait a minute. What if what, if what happened? And this will scare people at first. And then they'll go, wow, I get it. But it'd take a while to get it. What if in the middle of that situation, you just went, okay, I accept it, Lord. Whenever you want me to hit the... Hit the gas again, I'm waiting on you. And what if people come to you and say, oh, these things happen, and I know these things happen, and oh, if I was in your shoes, well, you're not, so shut it. Eat a big old bowl of shut it stew, you know? But you're not in my shoes, but thank you. What if you just said, it's okay, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Ah, this does not compute danger. What do I do with that? Um, you believe. This is what your God is for. Your God is for the moments like this. Amen. Where it's time to stop and pause. It's good for you. It's good for your relationships. Good for, for your health. Um, I had two jobs in the ministry in, the row, in, in a row that were, were all wrong for me. All wrong. And I got into those because I didn't stop. And it's, this isn't one of them. It's, I were, yeah, this is good. But uh, I had I, two in a row. And I did... I did, uh, I did I did eight years at one and six and a half at another. It was absolutely wrong for me. And you're saying, well, I don't understand that, Pastor Glenn. How do we, how do we justify this? Can I tell you, Romans 8, 28 is true. God works out all things for the good for those who love him, called according to his purpose. Did God use me in those situations? Yes. Did God use them in those situations? Yes. Uh, could I have been in a better situation if I had stopped and waited? Oh, yes. Instead, it took me eight years at one and six at another. Are you, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Whatever you think you're rushing into that you think you just got to have right now, if it comes to you that easy, it probably ain't God. It, it, it probably isn't. Well, isn't this great? I got a check in the mail. You need to read what's on that check. You need, you need to read the fine print. Slow down. Trust God's word. Not what you think you need to be doing in the moment. All right. <laughs> Balaam was the one gifted prophetically and the donkeys the prophet it just blows my mind what we the emphasis we put on gifting this society this culture how, how gifted they are how many gifted singers started out in the church and ended in the world how, how many gifted people because we say oh you're gifted you're gifted gifted is overrated obedience is what it takes obeying the Lord listening to the Lord being patient being calm being patient and calm. So there's a couple of things I want to tell you about, and then I'm going to leave you with a couple of points here. Here's the first one here. If, if a donkey is talking to you, maybe your donkey's your feet. Maybe your dogs have been crying out for days. Go buy a new pair of shoes, okay? No, really. Go, go to the doctor. Go stop. Listen to your spouse. Guys, 
You don't like to go to the doctor till you're absolutely dead. Don't be a donkey. Listen to your, go get it taken care of. Go talk to your pastor. Go, go see another brother or sister in Christ. Go get some, well, we're having an issue in our marriage. Don't beat each other. Go get some help. I say this with all grace in my heart. Duh. Like right now. Don't keep going. And don't beat up the circumstance. And I think we persecute those that tell us the most truth. We beat people that tell us what we need to hear. And we beat them up with words and we put them down because we don't like people who love us enough to tell us to stop. Has anybody told you to stop in a while? Now, I'm going to tell you as a pastor, very seldom do I say no. Because the moment I do, somebody's offended. I want to say no a lot more than you realize. But sometimes I have to weigh how offended, how hurt somebody's going to be, how they're going to get all in a, you know, their hair in a bunch about the whole thing. And then what's going to happen to them spiritually because they're too immature to hear, stop. And so I have to pray. And it, you know what happens? People come back to me and go, you know what? God said no. And I'm like, because I really wanted to tell you, but you weren't going to hear it from me. You just weren't going to hear it from me. It sounded good in your head and on paper. But as soon as you said it, I knew, man, in my spirit. So I just, by the way, if I ever tell you, like, if you come and tell me something and I say, oh, I'm really going to be praying about that. Now you know why. Can I help you? Now, now you know why. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean I don't love you, but it means I'm struggling with whether or not you could maybe hear that you want to wait on that. No doesn't mean don't go. It means maybe not now. Right? Don't persecute the people, especially, especially your mama and your wife that tells you to slow down, stop. What does a donkey look like to God? two things quickly a donkey is someone that's overdriven Balaam was driven with greed I want to remind you for your notes we are human beings not human doings you needed to hear that some of you should have already retired but you're going to work till your dying day because you don't know you don't think there's any other life and God says, it's enough. It's time to enjoy your relationships and your family. What are you doing? Hello? There's other forms of work. You don't have to go to the office every day. You're like, you know, in your deathbed, right? Nobody ever says, I wish I would have spent more hours in the office. Nobody says that. They always say, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have spent more time, you know, with pastor taking him out. Because I know the kind of sandwiches <laughs> he enjoys. But I just got to get more. Can I, can I give you the connection between, <laughs> between uh, greed and impatience? There's a, there's a connection. I got to have more. So I'm impatient. More means now. When Jesus come along and said, you know what? The prayer is give us this day our daily bread. Not a thousand years worth of bread. Our daily bread. Something fresh every day. You can depend on God for that. You don't have to work your life away. No amens. I guess I got to wait till Labor Day for that, okay? All right? Here's a second one. I want to connect pride here a little bit. Pride with impatience, okay? He was prideful, so nobody could tell him to stop. 
Nobody could tell him to stop. Pride masquerades as impatient. Impatience. It, people don't want to admit they're prideful, just like people don't want to admit they have B.O. Everybody has B.O., right? Everybody needs deodorant, right? I, there's a sign, everyone needs deodorant, you know, and it's like, yeah, you need deodorant, I need, did you brush your teeth, got a dentist in the house, you, do you need that? Do you need a shower? Hello, we can help you. It's, it's not a bad thing. All these things you need every day, right? Hello? Right? You also need to hear stop. You also need to hear slow down. You also need to slow down and stop to hear the Spirit. So what does pride do? It masquerades as impatient. People don't want to admit they're prideful. So it just comes off as busyness. And the busyness covers emptiness. Pride refuses to stop to see the doctor, the pastor, the spouse, the family member. Pride says, I'm too blind to stop. Pride says, Christ can follow me, and then I'll follow him. But in order, for someone to, <laughs> in order for someone to lead you, you have to stop and let them get ahead of you for them to lead. This ain't hard. You say, well, I've already got it. Will you, will you close in prayer? <laughs> well, let me ask you, have you ever put a Q-tip in your ear? I hope you do. You stop when there's resistance, Right? When, it, when, when, when the donkey says stop, you don't keep pushing. <laughs> Some of this I'm just going to leave to next week. I want to I I leave you with uh, an Old Testament principle here. You remember Joseph, right? Joseph had a dream. And uh, it, it was a great dream. It was awesome. And he was a young man when he had it, probably about 17. And uh, when he had the dream, he immediately went out and told everybody, which is braggadocious, right? God never told him to tell anybody the dream, right? Mary had a visitation from an angel and received the dream of heaven too. Yes, correct? She hid it in her heart. I want you to see the difference. She didn't go telling everybody, right? Mary hid it in her heart. You know, it's okay. I walk through every church I've ever ministered to, and when people are excited about something, it's uncanny how much they tell on themselves. They will tell everybody, every little detail of what they think they're going to do next. You don't know all the details. Can, can I just help you? Get all you want. You don't know. You, you should not be sharing things with just anyone. If you prayerfully commit yourself to it and the Lord spoke it to you, wait for the Lord and let him start to affirm and confirm, confirm things in your life before it starts coming out of your mouth. I, I have dreams that God has given me for this church. I have not told you. I'm not going to tell you. I, I'm just not going to tell you because it's not, we'll sell no wine before it's time. Come on. You know, I mean, we're not going to give, we're going to push something out there before we know what God has said. Anybody old enough to, to understand that remark? Yeah. So, so I'm not telling you to go out and drink. All right. Gee whiz. But, but we're, there's a timing for everything, right? And, and, and there's a timing for it. And what happened with Joseph is he received a dream for the Lord and he thought, well, good. That means now. No, God's word is always early. God's word is always early. In fact, uh, for David, it was about 17 years early. Uh, for Joseph, it was about 13 to 15 years early. God's early by better than a decade because he wants to prepare you for where you're going, for what he wants to do, so that you'll have the character to remain where your gifting takes you. Okay? And I said it before, your gifting to take you places your character won't keep you. 
If your character doesn't match it, you won't remain. All right? So God says it earlier. And what happens to Joseph? He says he has a dream. He starts to get all kinds of resistance, doesn't he? Right? Like everybody was on his side. His brothers really loved him for that dream. It was like, you're, you're awesome, Joseph. And, and uh, right? no, they, you know what they did. You know, you've been in Sunday school. You know what they did to him. And then he, and then he ends up, then he ends up being sold off as a slave, then accused of sleeping with Potiphar's wife. He ends up then in the prison, right? And then the two guys that he counting on in the prison, they failed him too. They remember him. They forgot. It took Pharaoh to have a dream. To one of them goes, oh, I remember a guy that interprets dreams, right? Then Joseph finally gets out, interprets the dream, saves Egypt. Egypt hears about the one true God. God has his plan unfold. And then at, at the very end of that, that part of Genesis, one of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible, it says, you intended for me harm, but God used it all for good. All right? There's some things going on right now. The devil has intended it for harm for you, but God is going to use it for good. And, and, and listen, I, you can trust him on that. Yeah. It, he'll stand behind his word, all right? But I want, I, want, I want to pull out something that really just absolutely touches me about Joseph's life. Not one time, you know what happens when I do this. Okay. I can hear the stomachs grumbling already. Uh, not one time in any of those situations, not once, not Potiphar, not Potiphar's wife, not Pharaoh, not his brothers, not his dad, not once does Joseph kick the donkey. His dad was there in his life to be a part of his destiny, to carry him to his destiny. His dad had messed up. Oh, you've never heard that preached before? Would you believe your brothers are, that are that contentious? You have a son that you put your coat of many colors on him. They come back and it's covered in blood. Would you believe that? Would you go out searching? Would you go out looking for him? His dad believed a lie. The brothers were all wrong about him. Every single one. It took Judah to step up to the plate. Praise God. That's part of what his name means. It took Judah to step up to the plate and go, no, if we kill him, it's going to kill our dad. And yet, Joseph at the end, he's not kicking anybody. He's not beating anybody. He's not putting anyone down. Yeah, we don't slap and kick today. We use this. This is what we do. Character assassination. We talk people down. Because of the way they've done us. The way they've hurt us. The way they've treated us. Joseph doesn't do that to anyone. And it's to the saving of his entire household and the world. In fact, one of the names that Pharaoh gives him is uh, translated from Egypt to Canaanite language, Savior of the world. His entire life is a picture of typology of Jesus. Because he didn't kick one donkey. Well, Pastor, you don't know how bad they're treating me at work. Don't kick him. Don't kick him. You don't know how bad they treated Jesus on the way to the cross. And he said, Father, forgive. And you're like, well, where's the justice in all this? Let me tell you something. Your God is just. He is just. <laughs> he will. He, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It is far worse for them to fall into the hands of God's justice than you to give them a, a mouth spanking. You can gum them all you want. 
But God is doing something great in your life. And in the midst of all that, something laid down. Okay. I'll wait on you, Lord. No pressure. I'm not in a rush. In fact, if I'm praying, I'll give it all to you. God, I really will. Hey, man. Why are you so put together? They're laying us off. I have a God. I have a God that's promised to bless me and care for me. I ain't going to worry about it. Because that's like sitting in a rocking chair. It's a lot of back and forth, but you ain't going anywhere. Stand with me in prayer. Maybe you're the one that's not been doing the kicking and the beating. Maybe you're the one that's been kicked and beat. Maybe somebody's been harsh on you, hurtful to you. Maybe just like Jesus and Joseph, you want to kick back because you've been kicked or you've been dishonored or disgraced. I'd like to pray with you today because that's, that doesn't feel good. It's discouraging. I'd like to pray with you today and I'd like to encourage you today. And I'd like to do it up here at this altar. I'm going to ask my wife to come right now. We're just going to stand and... If you- Thank you.